Welcome to the Design Doctor Podcast, where we talk about how to decorate, remodel, or build a home without losing your mind. I'm your host, Krisha Palmer, physician turned interior designer and life coach. So come on in and have a seat. Let's talk. Hey friends, welcome back. Today we have contractor and builder Eric Cressman here again to talk to us. If you're a regular listener, you know that Eric has been on the podcast before, and today he is here to answer all of the contractor-related questions that you've submitted. All of these questions were submitted through the House Calls for Physicians Facebook group, so if you aren't in that group yet, make sure to check it out on Facebook. It's called House Calls for Physicians. And if you're planning on building a home or remodeling at any point ever in the future, these episodes with Eric will be tremendously helpful for you. So if you haven't listened to all of them, I encourage you to go back and do that. So without further ado, here is my Q&A session with contractor Eric Cressman. Okay, well, we're going to go ahead and just dive into the first question, and that is projects are notoriously over budget and also run late. Can you explain some of the reasons why this happens? Uh, just overcommitment. I think uh, people are too focused on, and I say people as in the contractor and the subcontractors, they all work for themselves. They have their own businesses, so they're trying to make as much as they can take on as much as they can. Maybe it's a fear of no work coming down the pipe. Maybe it's just, you know, that is your full-time subcontractors and they want to do whatever you ask them to do, but they don't, maybe they don't schedule properly. You know, I think uh, there's some variables there, but as far as we'll just take scheduling right Mm -hmm. now. (laughs) Between the contractor not having the sub, giving the sub heads up and telling them we need you there at an exact date and I need you gone by this exact date, that can get your schedule off. Right. And then the, the, the game, I'll call it the game, the subcontractors, they may not have the exact fixtures that we, we touched on on the other uh, episode of having all of those things in front of you before you start the project. Just being transparent here, the subcontractors use that as an excuse for them to bounce between jobs. That's one of the big things. I was guilty of it. I mean, I, I can say that because I know when you need that extra time and there's not a part there where well, you can go, you know, pacify this other client uh, while you're quote unquote waiting on these other materials. <clears throat> and all that does is throw the other project behind and, and it's just not efficient. So they're bouncing essentially. Right. Okay. And, and the contractor not giving the subcontractor the exact times that he needs to get in and get out. But I think how I hedged that uh, through my business was I made sure that everything was ready for them before they walked up. And I also made sure before they showed up, I had gone over exactly what they were supposed to do and let them know again that I had done the job. There was no way for them to kind of get around the task at hand or, you know, put me off. Mm -hmm. Let's just put it like Mm -hmm. that. So since that happens so commonly, I think, and that is something that the homeowner doesn't have any control over, 
What do you think, I mean, does that just mean that we need to be better about interviewing our contractors in terms of their procedure? Like, are you waiting until the project starts to start lining up the subs or do you do that ahead of time or what can we do? How can the homeowner be proactive I think, about um, addressing that? What I would do is ask the contractor how many projects they have going. Like um, right now? Right now, okay. current. Yeah. Because that gives you a read I mean, obviously, if they're being honest, Mm -hmm. uh, that kind of gives you a read and ask them how many subcontractors, how many plumbers do you have? How many electricians do you have? Who's your heat and air guy? And I would get specifics on each subcontractor. Mm -hmm. Write it down. Be taking notes. When you're interviewing your contractor, be asking these questions. But that gives you a feel for how big of a project they can do, Mm -hmm. how many projects you think they can do. Right. And, And we're getting into some real... You know, then how big are the subcontractors' crews? Right. Right. So right. there's some variables there that you can't you can't really know. Yeah. Um, but what that does is give you an idea of how many projects he has, how big are his projects, and and back to finding out if his other projects are on time. If that contractor will let you speak to another client, which mm-hmm. he, he shouldn't have any he she right. shouldn't have any problem doing that. Yeah. You can really find the information that he may not relinquish. Right. (laughs) So uh, I think that's how I would approach that. Yeah. I guess the other thing that we touched on in the the other episode is I think when it comes to timeline and, you know, other than really interviewing your contractor like we just talked about, the other thing that the homeowner can do is make sure that you have all of your finishes and fixtures picked out on the front end because we talked about this a little bit what delays projects is you know those back orders or something not coming in on time because you know you wait until you've demoed the kitchen to start ordering things and then this, the faucet's not going to be in for three months. Yes. That's going to delay your project. So that's one thing the homeowner definitely has control over and definitely can address. Why do you think, or what are some, some of the reasons just from your experience as a contractor you think that a lot of projects go over budget? Inexperience by the contractor. If they step into a, a million-dollar house and they've only been working in a $200,000 homes, they're not, they're not aware right. of the cost differences. So I think you kind of have to feel them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> what kind of homes have you worked on before and are they comparable to, to yours? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, but, it, but as far as like over a budget is so inexperienced. So essentially when I go look at a job, someone wants to remodel their kitchen, I'm building that job in my head. Mm-hmm. And when you're going to quote that job, you have to have had the experience of building that entire job in your head so you can estimate it accurately. Mm-hmm. Every process from the demo and the and the booth, the air filtration, all of those things are added costs. And let's say you guys sign the contract, he shows up to start, and after the demo, he's he's already upside down because he didn't figure he didn't figure the air filtration and he didn't figure the dumpster and so I think that's where having multiple meetings Mm -hmm. and I'm not putting the responsibility on the homeowner because that's not their job yeah so but at the end of the day there's going to be a battle between the homeowner and the contractor Mm -hmm. unless the contractor is I'm going to say it like me I would eat the cost because I'm realistic and I knew that I didn't price that in there 
that's my loss. Right. That's my fault. Right. Right. So that contractor, and you can't know that. You can't know that that contractor is going to eat the cost, and you can just assume that they're not. Yeah. Right. They're going right. to try to pass that yeah, on or sure. however. Mm-hmm. But being uh, over budget at the end. Yeah. Um, unforeseen. Something mm-hmm. that the contractor legitimately did not know did not, no one did could not, predict I that mean, that's no, always uh, yes. going to make you go over budget yes. mm-hmm. but that's where envisioning the entire job mm-hmm. being that they've done it mm-hmm. should curb most of those mm-hmm. but as far as budget them not getting the contractor not getting the subs to give an accurate estimate on the very front end mm-hmm. because and let's just circle back to the design. If right. you don't know exactly you don't where know you're going, what you're going to have done, there's no way. Yeah, to so, be able to accurately estimate materials or labor. Yes. So, so that's one thing the homeowner. I'll just interject here. That's one thing the homeowner. Once again, if you have, if you know what you want, if you have the design, whether you designed it or an interior designer designed it with all the finishes, then that contractor is going to be able to give you accurate numbers. And so yes. that just decreases the chance that you're going to go over budget. Yes. And, and, and I mean, it, it streamlines the schedule, it streamlines mm-hmm. the budget. And we've, we've done that, that mm-hmm. episode. So, mm-hmm. but real legitimate reasons, maybe you changed finishes. So maybe the budget back to this mm-hmm. question of how do you, we'll get to, uh, how do you, pick out allowances for all the finishes. Yeah, let's talk about that. For the most part, people don't ever have everything picked out when they start a project because that's kind of the way it's usually done. So what the contractor has to base their estimate on is what's called an allowance, which is just an estimate of how much, let's just say all your faucets will cost and how much they allow you for, you know, all of your hardware and all of your lighting. And so the big, the big question is, and this is what I, we we're going to talk about, is how do contractors come up with those allowances? Because what I see often, uh, and this was my experience back when my husband and I did a primary bath remodel back before, this was back when I was still practicing medicine, we signed a contract with a contractor, and then I looked through the details, and it listed the allowance for like all the plumbing fixtures, all the faucets, everything. And I looked at it and I also compared it to what I had been, the fixtures I had been shopping for. And I quickly realized (laughs) this is nowhere near enough money. What I want is going to be a much more expensive. So I think, and at that point you have to choose. Um, Yes, they gave you an estimate, but that was based on a certain level of, of finishes. So if you want more expensive things, it will go, you will go over budget and it should because they're, you know, otherwise they're paying for your fixtures. So in the contractor's defense, not that this is a, an argument, but it's, um, they may get scared of losing the job because some finishes. And I think that happens a lot. Yes. Yes. So they're conservative. They're very conservative on those. those, And it makes their bottom line look better. Mm -hmm. And then when you get in there, you're like, well, I want this and this and this. I want this. I want Taj Mahal granite. Well, listen, mm-hmm. I budgeted mm-hmm. builder grade, blah, 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 or whatever mm-hmm. they like, right? Right. So instantly you're over budget. Right. Because your mind was set on that bottom line that you saw on the, on the contract. Right. And now you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. So, and that's, that's a good reason. So automatically off the bat you're over budget. And I think a lot of people aren't even aware of 
what that allowance is right. at all. So right. they're surprised by it. So if you don't want that to happen, I would be clear and communicate with your contractor, like, what is the amount that you've quoted me for allowances? I've been looking at Kohler faucet. I want, the faucet I'm looking at is $1,000. Yes. That gives him a good ballpark. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't allow you three hundred dollars. Exactly, and and ask for that before you hire him. Yes. So when they're giving you that, when the contractor is going to submit the estimate to you, you specifically request um, a general allowance for the finishes and granite, you know, or whatever quartzite, whatever you're whatever you're using Mm -hmm. for your for your solid surface, your countertops. But you need to know those details because those primarily are probably one of the biggest Mm -hmm. uh, ways to go over budget again he's going to be conservative because he wants his bottom line to be low but in reality you don't like the things you don't like what you can buy for the allowances he's giving yes and that happens so often majority i would say i would say and people get frustrated because of it but if you can have that conversation on the front end at least you i mean yeah the numbers are going to be higher but you know going in it's going to be more expensive well, kind of what I would do is on the first meeting is, <clears throat> you know, get an overview of what they're wanting done uh, because everyone hits you with a, what's a rough ballpark of what's this kitchen going to cost me? And I tell them what I just told you, there's variables. I mean, what if you want entry-level granite or, or entry-level tops? And or what if I quote you entry-level tops and you want the premium? So we're on, we're in a we're in a thousands of dollars yeah, swing of thousands. here, you yeah. know what I mean? So... <laughs> So I think that's where you just have to get those um, details on the mm-hmm. very, very front end mm-hmm. uh, so you don't get that sticker shock. Right. Uh, and you're not setting unrealistic expectations in your head either. Mm-hmm. But that's where the contractor should throw that information to you and let you, let you know before even proceeding. I mean, you have to. You, right. you just have to do these things. All right, so next question, and these were submitted by our listeners. So contractors, I think, often get a bad rap, (laughs) which I'm sure you're well aware of. Which I'm sure you're well aware of. So when we think no, they're just like in any other profession, there are great contractors and not great contractors. But the stereotypical contractor doesn't return calls, isn't very communicative or responsive. So um, I've actually been fortunate. The contractors that you and then um, the contractors that I've used in the past have, have not been that way at all. But why do you think that is? Like, what's going on? <laughs> There's a, that's, a big, that's, a, that's a big one. Uh, personally, I think uh, they look at it as a job. And the people that don't like their jobs aren't going to be... Mm. engaged so there's a lot of unhappy contractors i think so i mean i think one i mean it makes i mean and i'm i'm judging (laughs) in a way i mean um but from what i've seen and i know a ton of contractors is if you're trying to do volume okay Mm -hmm. let's just take a contractor that does volume he can only dedicate so much time to each individual project Mm -hmm. and if you've got a team your clients are a team you've got you've got two partners mm-hmm. and each of them has questions and each of them wants a line of communication mm-hmm. to the contractor mm-hmm. 
well, that's let's say he's got 10 jobs going. That's 20 people asking him questions mm -hmm. daily, probably. And I know our listeners, uh, women physicians, can totally relate to this because their every day is like this. Yeah. With the patients, yes. with yes. patients and being needed and constantly being asked. So, yeah, I mean, and that for anything, you know, if, if that's your experience, it's going to be stressful. And, and I think that likely to, you know, lead to burnout, which yeah. totally makes sense. Yeah, and I, and, I, and, I, and that's just one. Mm -hmm. That's just one kind of thought. When you're interviewing your contractor, uh, test them out. Mm -hmm. see, see how communicative they are, one, on the response on the initial call, email, whichever form of communication you're using to get them to come and give you mm -hmm. a quote, uh, and then keep testing them. What is the line of communication? And you will be burned, mm -hmm. I mean, because they'll give you all their time to, to secure the job, right. and then it falls off. Mm -hmm. So keeping the line of communication is a whole different, you know, that's a whole different subject too. Mm -hmm. um, but reasons, the reasons they get a bad rap is because mostly they've overcommitted. They're trying to do a bunch of different projects and maybe they didn't have that experience to balance multiple projects at once. Maybe they don't have the, sub, the amount of subcontractors, the mm -hmm. quality of subcontractors, and all of that is a reflection of the contractor. Yeah. So if they don't know how to schedule, mm -hmm. their jobs are getting behind. If mm -hmm. they didn't give an accurate estimate on the very front end, they're over budget, right. like we were just talking about with those two points. Um, and then there comes that point to where expectations and what was written in the contract, if it's not happening along the way, the job goes south, and then it's like you can't get out of that hole. Right. So we, you want to look for someone not only with the knowledge of construction and how it works, but you want to look for someone who has strong executive order skills. They're, they are organized. They're punctual. They can, you know, make a schedule and follow a schedule. And it's really hard to evaluate those things unless you do talk to their previous clients. Because there's no way you can really you can't tell. Know. You yeah. can't know. And that's where when we spoke last time um, uh, about the importance of starting five months early. Right. You get five months to read that mm -hmm. contractor. Mm -hmm. You know, you get five months to let them read you, too. Right. And go, I'm not going to, there's no way I can get away with anything at this job. Right, yeah. And that's what you want. So uh, just kind of moving on to the next question, what do you think the best way is to find a contractor in your area? Because I, I get questions from a lot of people, maybe they've just moved or maybe they haven't done a remodel before and they're like, how do I even start? Where do I find a contractor? What are just some <clears throat> general kind of rules of thumb or, th or tips that would help be helpful? I think if it was me, I would call an architect or okay. I would call a designer. Mm -hmm. I agree. They typically have a team mm -hmm. or they have one built or mm -hmm. they know like, hey, they know, I've seen these yeah, guys right. do the projects that I've drawn mm -hmm. and I've designed mm -hmm. so I can vouch for what I've seen, right? Mm -hmm. Somewhat, but at least you get a number. That's right. a starting point, mm -hmm. right? Um, you can also go to like your local lumber stores, you know, mm -hmm. not like your big box stores. Um, so not like Home Depot and Lowe's. That's yeah, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. No, no, go, no, no. Don't go to those. They're not going to. They, they really have know. no clue. Mm -hmm. no. They have no clue. Mm -hmm. But but your your local lumber yard that were the framers. So so if you wanted to try to do some legwork, you could go to the you could go to a job site, ask the framers. You know, 
hey, where do you buy your materials? Go get, go to that place because mm-hmm. they're not going to buy it from Lowe's and Home Depot. No. They, just, they buy it from a lumber yard. Right. And those salesmen in there will typically, I mean, you you would want to say, who's your best contractor? Yeah. Who's the best contractor? Yeah, that's in your good opinion. Idea. Yeah. You know, and so you so can like get the number. So, like for example, here in Little Rock, for my listeners in Little Rock, like go to Lumber One. Kaufman. Kaufman. Go to Kaufman ask, and ask. say, hey, who is the best contractor? Who does everybody use? Right. Are there any red flags that someone should look for when they're interviewing contractors? Yeah. If they're going to start tomorrow, it's get them out of red, your house. Red flag. Red flag. Now tell us why that is because, you know, a because lot they of don't people have might, work. Yeah. Because they don't have work or they're on volume and you don't want a volume. I shouldn't say that. I'm not saying no one has perfected the art of volume remodeling or contracting, but it's highly unlikely. And you want custom. So if, they can, if they can start tomorrow, yeah. um, not to say across the board that means they're bad, but it should definitely give you pause because yeah. really good organized contractors are booked. And yes. usually you will have to wait on them. So I yes. would just be wary of the one that says they can start tomorrow and just make sure you really vet them further before yeah. hiring them. And if they call the next day and give you a quote immediately, they haven't even had time, more than likely, to sit down and think about your project and actually build a true estimate. I'm not saying they don't have that time. I'm just saying, and sometimes you get lucky because I have done estimates the next day, but I just happen to have that kind of time and be in the office. But just be careful when it's coming. Yes, really. Just keep your radar up right. on that and mm-hmm. say, okay, well, we're getting a few different quotes. Uh, we'll get back with you. And that get, that puts the ball in your court. Right. And to let them, let them hang them out there and then see if they're communicative that way. Are they mm-hmm. calling you to check up on the job? Well, let's move on to kind of uh, talking about clients. Um, not necessarily red flags, but what are some of the most frustrating things that clients do that make it harder for you as a contractor to do your job. We don't really talk about this often. It's all we've kind of been focused on contractors, but just as as far as you know, the client goes, what what makes it harder? I'm pretty easygoing, um, but I would say indecisiveness. Mm, yeah. Um, well, that's, that same is true for designers. Yeah, I think that's, that's a across. challenging part when when my clients can't make a decision. Yeah, because I, I mean, and you ju- can't. It's hard to get past that. Well, and just okay, in respect of business hours. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. <clears throat> um, and I get it because work schedules conflict, and mm-hmm. some people work on nights, and you know, mm-hmm. so on, some on days. Contractors during the day, you know, right. um, micromanaging. Mm-hmm. Let. Let the contractor hang themselves mm-hmm. to a to a sense to a sense. Let them do their job. Mm-hmm. So this is I'm going to tell you why, how I'll tell you how. I kind of polished my craft is remodeling in itself. Mm-hmm. I'm working in a someone's home that they're living in. So when I leave and go home, they're taking a magnifying glass and going over everything that yeah. I did. Right. So when I came in in the morning, mm-hmm. if I did something wrong or mm-hmm. something they didn't. You're going to hear about it, yeah. Which made me better. Yeah. I looked at it as that's going to make me better. That's a very healthy, productive way to look at it. You have to. Yeah. Or, or, I mean, you kind of, or that's going to, it's going to tank you. I mean, it's going (laughs) to make you better, your quality better, everything. And then you get to the 
opinions. Right. So there's a right and a wrong in theory, mm-hmm. but in construction there are some like gray areas to of where course. it's an opinion of you know course. and that's your, i mean it is, yeah some of it is suggest subject, subjective yeah, subjective sorry. um but that's where the designer comes in right. look if that's mm-hmm. you know if mm-hmm. you don't like that those drawer fronts lining up like that that's that's part of the design we right. should have had that established on the front, on the end. front end yeah. so now you want to change it it's going to mm-hmm. cost my cabinet guy my painter mm-hmm. The installer, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. right? And that's when things should cost more because if you if you didn't have the design nailed down and you happen not to lot, you know, unless you signed off on the exact the design and it was not executed, like what you approved, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's going to be an extra expense. Yeah, to fix. and it's understandable. I think it's understandable for both parties mm-hmm. majority of the time. Yeah, for sure. Majority of the time. In the remodeling, it's let's just go with um, as far as when you can start and when you have to leave the home. Mm-hmm. I've had jobs where I couldn't show up until nine or ten, mm-hmm. and then at three o'clock, which I understand these things, mm-hmm. but you need to leave at three, three thirty. My kids get home, da da da. That dynamic, and mm-hmm. I fully respect that. Mm-hmm. But in, you're, instead, you're getting five to six hours of work time. Right. So it. The job's going to take longer. It's gonna t- and that's one thing to be really aware of that I think, um, you know, with our remodel, my husband's an ER doc, so he mm. works nights. So when we've done our remodels, he has two weeks out of the month where he's on nights all the time, and basically they can't come. So going into it, we knew this is going to be a really long mm-hmm. project, mm-hmm. longer than most, just because, I mean, it can only go so fast if they're only coming two weeks out of the month. Yeah, that's so, a great and, point. And that's a good point. You know, if you only want people in your home certain times of the day, you're going to have to be willing. That whole project is going to take longer. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think the change. So expectations. Yeah. So sometimes when you get, you're getting towards the paint and you get the paint kind of done. Mm-hmm. I've had instances where that's not what I thought. The paint? Yeah, or, you know, that's not what I envisioned. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, let's talk about that because I have some thoughts on that. I, so, it so, happens a lot, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. With the paint. If they don't have a designer or a decorator or... Or sometimes or, even if they do. Yes. And, and this yes. is what I tell people. Never judge a newly painted room that's not completely furnished mm-hmm. or space that's completely with lighting and hardware and faucets in. You have to reserve your judgment. Mm-hmm. For my experience, is that almost every client has a little bit of a shock just because it's different, Number and one. they're not used to it. Yeah. And like I said, when you get all the furnishings in a space, it's going to look completely mm-hmm. different when you have all the light fixtures and hardware installed. So I would just say, be patient. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Let the the job be completed before you start changing making big changes like to paint color because usually that's a great point yes it, hap- it happens the all the time I will, like, my client yes. well it never fails they're like oh my gosh wow like this is so different and i'm like just wait and then we get everything in the room and they're like oh my gosh it looks amazing yeah the the more time you spend with that contractor before mm-hmm. you hire him the better mm-hmm. off. right i would leave it at that right Dedicate the time mm-hmm. to the planning and the interviews. Yes. Design, planning, interviews. And the and rest that, will be yep. so much easier. Yep. Right. And maybe even fun. Yes. 
If you're a woman physician who loves all things design and decorating, be sure to check out my private Facebook group, House Calls for Physicians, or you can visit my website at www.housecallsforphysicians.com.